You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM coming to you across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am and for those listening in Tasmania you can catch us again at 4.30pm each weekday as well. Um, I'm your host Tabitha Zakaria, and every Tuesday we have Gary Webster as our program presenter with this series titled Life, Lifetime Search. Welcome Gary. Thank you Tabitha, good to be with you again. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Um, and today we also have Jason Cook in the studio. How are you, Jason? I'm well, thank you. Thanks, Tabitha. And it's good to have you uh, helping out with the hosting role as well. Uh, I I like to be here as well. Um, so, Gary, in your travels, you've done. I understand you've done a lot of travels. Um, so, are there any sites that cause you to think about the futility of life? Oh, good question, Tabitha. Many, actually, but one in particular I think that really strikes you is when you go to the Cairo Museum uh, in uh, in Egypt and you go to the mummy room and there laid out on the tables are all these great pharaohs of antiquity of the past. And uh, one in particular is head to toe, uh, sorry, yeah, head to head, to head <laughs> lying head to head, is uh, Queen Hatshepsut, and Tutmosis the third. Now they were mortal enemies, uh, it would seem, back in the ancient past. But there they are, in the Cairo Museum, and you think, man, you know, that's what they were once grand, but now all they are is just mummified bodies in a museum that everybody comes to have a look at. So it makes you think about life. Mm. It does. It does for sure. So, Gary, uh, we've got a program coming up shortly, and it's called Prophetica. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Prophetica? Yeah, look, Jason, this is going to be a tremendous program. Uh, Prophetica really is looking at what is taking place in the world today. Is there a reliable source for knowing the future? And we give tremendous evidence. It's really uh, seven high-octane little uh, presentations of about uh, 20, 20, 25 minutes each throughout a half a day we provide a meal uh, during the day and um, yeah so many people have enjoyed it we've ran these in uh, in uh, uh, Brisbane we'll be going to Perth next year and last year it was also up in Devonport and people really enjoy it because it's really short sharp and shiny and they understand very clearly that there is a source that knows the future okay now, Gary, where, where are the programs running in Tasmania? Right, we have five of these running in just a couple of weeks' time. We start up in uh, Scottsdale, uh, and that'll be on Saturday, July 31, 10 o'clock through to 2.30. Then in the afternoon, 4.30, we go up to Launceston uh, from 4.30 to about 9, up there with dinner. And then the next day, we're up in um, Alveston, and that'll be 4.30 through to 9 again. That's uh, August the 1st, isn't it? Then the following week, on August the 7th, we have uh, at Belle Reve, we have it uh, from 4.30 through to 9 o'clock as well. And then on Sunday, August 8th, we're here right in the middle of Hobart, uh, down on the, the wharf front at the convention centre. Mm. Awesome. And uh, who's going to be presenting? Now, I know I know you're going to be one of the presenters, and yes. who else have we got? Yes, we've got Peter Watts. Peter's travelled... <coughs> And he's one of our presenters here as well. Um, yes, Peter will be there, and also Robbie Bergen. Robbie as uh, um, a well-travelled and uh, international presenter, and so he'll. The three of us will be doing those together. And Robbie's also one of our uh, Faith FM presenters with other programs, uh, not not in Hobart here, but uh, on uh, on the mainland, and he presents another program there. 
Um, and we've got in Olverson, I think, Ryko, who's yeah, also Ryko one of Selleck. our radio presenters. Yes, Ryko. And then we also have David Maxwell. He's up presenting in, in Launceston. Launceston and Scottsdale with yeah. Peter and I. Mm. Yeah, so it's a, it's a real crossover with our, our, our team here. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Now, Gary, tell me, why should somebody attend this event? Well, many people are concerned of what's taking place. I mean, we're right now in the middle of another COVID outbreak and, and, and it doesn't seem to go away. On top of that, you have, you know, financial, ec- economical, um, the world's economy is in trouble. We have global warming and people are wondering where on earth are we headed in this world? So this program actually looks at, well, where are we headed and how can we have hope for the future? Okay. Okay. Okay, so in the previous program, Gary, uh, you talked about part two of Star Wars, and that was entitled, the topic was Why So Much Suffering? Yeah. Um, so where are you taking us today? Well, we're going to be going to ancient Egypt today to look at the treasures of Tutankhamun, taking a journey to eternity this time, Tabitha. Oh, sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Right. Uh, just before we get into it, there was one thing I missed about the Prophetica. We are going to be giving away some free tickets to yes. the Prophetica. So hang on for that. We're going to give you a code later in the program and we will give away those free tickets. But now it's time to get into your program, Gary. Rightio. Well, let's get straight into it. You know, the ancient Egyptians seem to be obsessed with uh, the afterlife. I mean, they had certain ingredients that they had to have in place for the afterlife. Uh, one was a body for the soul's return, they believed. Every, you know, every night, soul had to come back. And that meant they practiced mummification to preserve the body for the soul. And, of course, as we mentioned, we see lots of mummified bodies, not just of the pharaohs, but of other people from ancient Egypt. Then you had to have a tomb to protect the body because you didn't want the jackals and the hyenas to take it away. And so pyramid building eventually developed as time went on. And we have some massive pyramids. Khufu's Pyramid, for example, it's about 150 metres high, roughly. And it's just a mountain of stone, about 2.3 million stones, it's estimated, in this one pyramid. And in fact, you know how big this thing is? If it was hollow, these are the buildings you could put inside all at the same time. The Muhammad Ali Mosque from Cairo, St. Peter's of Rome, that great cathedral or basilica, the Colosseum would fit in there as well. So all those buildings would all fit in together, massive, just for one man for the afterlife. And then, of course, they had to have the heart because the heart was going to be used in the judgment. So the heart was inside the body. They preserved that as well. And then you needed your name. No good, your soul, Tabitha, coming back to my body or something. So you had to have your name on the tomb. And then we call it a cartouche for the pharaohs. So this said, this is my tomb, basically. Soul can come back here, if you like. And finally, well, of course, you don't want to just sit in the afterlife and do nothing. You had to have things for the afterlife. Uh, They had little models, for example, you can see in the Cairo Museum, there's a model of people making beer. By the way, the, the beer was called Booza. Interesting for Australian audience, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, models of soldiers. Someone was going to fight in the afterlife and so on. But if you were really rich, like the, the pharaohs, then you would bury the real sort of stuff. And so in uh, 1922, of course, they discovered the tomb of a young, relatively young king called Tutankhamun. He came from about 1325 BC. And inside it was stuffed full of stuff inside this tomb. There was life's, life-size statues of guards. There were three couches. He planned to sleep a lot in the next life by the looks. And then there was his royal chariot, 
and uh, his throne made of wood overlaid with gold leaf, beautifully decorated. His um, tomb must have been huge. Oh, yeah. accommodate all that. Oh, it was, yeah. A very large tomb indeed, in fact. Um, not, not as large as some of the greater pharaohs, but certainly... A large tomb. When when they went into, they saw another room, and inside was a a large box. It, it was what we call the canopic chest. What's the canopic chest? Well, inside that was an alabaster box. When they opened the lid off that, there were these four little like statues, solid gold, little statues inside this box, and inside them were the organs of the king, uh, his kidneys, his liver, and so on, and then. They went into the burial chamber, and inside the burial chamber, there was a huge box, about the size of a carport, if you like. When they opened the doors of the first one, inside was another box. When they opened the doors of the second, guess what was inside that? Another Another box. box. Another box. And then inside that, another box. Four boxes, one inside the other. Wow. (laughs) And when they opened that one, there was a yellow quartzite sarcophagus, a stone coffin, if you would. Mm. When they lifted the lid off that, there was a coffin in the shape of the body of the king. All right? Mm, Okay. Made of wood overlaid with gold leaf. When they lifted the lid of that, there was a second one. Wow. And then when they lifted the lid of that, there was a third one. Sounds like the Russians built these things, you know, with these babushka little doll things, one inside the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But they didn't. Um, And inside this one was a solid gold coffin, about, you know, two metres long. Mm -hmm. Solid gold. Lifting the lid off that, there was the mummified body of the king Mm -hmm. with this, what we call the funerary mask, solid gold funerary mask covering from his, right across from his chest, across to his back. Beautiful, exquisite gold. So was that for protection, like having several boxes on the outer? Uh, not sure exactly what the reason was having so many so many coffins mm. or, you know, inside one. Protection yeah. probably was part of it. But, yeah, you know, it seemed that the richer you got, the more of those sort of things you, you got to cover your body up. Mm. But, you know, Tabitha, the... The pharaohs weren't the only ones to to do this sort of thing. Mm. If you think back, we have now the death pits of Ur in Iraq. They discovered those, and there was real people mm. buried with the dead. Seems that they actually give I them a drug. I actually studied that in history, like okay. the kings and um, the famous political leaders they used yes. to have um, these servants yeah queen queen puabi and her servants and soldiers and then yeah. of course you can visit china today to Xi'an and you visit the see the terracotta warriors of one of the great um, kings or emperors of china so yeah. people were interested and did a lot of preparation for the afterlife in ancient times and of course the question is why all this trouble how come people went to this trouble well there is a good reason given in the bible And that is this, he, talking of God, has put eternity in their hearts. That's Ecclesiastes 3.11. You see, it seems, Tabitha, that we want to live forever. Almost any culture in the world has an idea of an afterlife. And we want to be forever young, too. Mm. You know, we do body tucks and all sorts of things to keep us looking young. We do. Um, But when we think about it, the Egyptian belief was very fragile. For example, Mm -hmm. the mummies are missing. They're not in their tombs anymore. Okay. They're put in the Cairo Museum. Their treasures have been taken. Um, nobody comes to present offerings of food and drink and so on anymore. So okay. their belief was very fragile when you start to think about it. So can you live forever? 
And if so, how do you get it? That's where we're going to head mm-hmm. after our next song. So what? Where, how do you get eternal life? We're going to go to our first song now, and uh, it's titled Where No One Stands Alone uh, by B.J. Thomas. So let's have a listen to that. Once I stood in the night with my head bowed low in the darkness as black as could be and my heart felt alone and I cried oh Lord don't hide your face from me my hand all the way every hour every day from here to the great unknown take my hand let me stand with the Like a king, I may live in a palace so tall With great riches to call my own But I don't know a thing in this whole wide world that's worth Than being alone Hold my hand all You're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM, and today we have Gary Webster in the studio. Um, so Gary, we've been talking about um how the bodies of the famous mm. people used to be preserved. Um, yeah. So what what else do you have for us today? Yeah, of course they were doing this so that they could live forever, as uh, we're talking about. And so now we look at how do you get it. Um. In previous programs, we've been talking about the last empire. Jason and I were talking about that. An empire where there's going to be no more tears, no pain, no sorrow and no death. Uh, 
And so the question is, how did we get to be part of that last empire? John, in the book of Revelation, saw three angels flying across the midnight heavens of this world. Notice what he says in Revelation 14, verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven. He's in a hurry. Having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. Now, the gospel, or good news as it's called, is about the way to eternity, how to have a journey to eternity. In fact, Paul, one of the followers of Jesus and friends of Jesus, said these words in when he was writing to his friend Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. He said, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality, meaning you cannot die, brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So it's the gospel that explains to us how we can live forever. Now, I love to uh, visit a, a city in Israel. I remember my wife and daughters traveled with us, and there you can visit a city called Nablus. Now, it was a da- it's a dangerous place for Jewish people to be in today because of the tensions between the Palestinian Arabs and the Jews. But right there in Nablus, you find the famous well that Jesus came to, it's believed. And when Jesus came to this well, he was talking to a a lady there, and I want you to notice what he had to say. Jason, I wonder if you could read for us John chapter 4, where Jesus meets this Samaritan woman at the well. John 14, verse 10, 13, and 14. Thanks, Jason. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have, be, he would have given you living water. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That's a pretty good drink, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a drink that gives you eternal life. Now, of course, he's talking about the, the, the life eternal that comes through him. Mm-hmm. Now, the quality life he's talking about here is that very one that the last empire brings. No death, no pain, no tears. No suffering. And so the woman responds, Sir, she says, give me this drink. (laughs) Give me this water because I want Mm. that. Well, Jesus doesn't tell her how to get it immediately. He he presents to her humanity's massive problem that Mm. all of us have as human beings. He said to this woman, basically, first of all, you need to understand that we are all sinners, human beings. We've all done wrong, in other words. Mm. Uh, In fact, uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 10 and 23 puts it this way. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned or done wrong and and fall short of the glory of God. And there's a consequence to this this problem of sin, and that is that it brings eternal death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So the death he's talking about is an eternal death in contrast to eternal life. Hmm. Now, we need to understand that this is a very real thing. Uh, Sometimes as human beings we can gloss over our sin stuff, but the Bible makes it very plain. I want to read a couple of verses from the writings of Paul here, First mm-hmm. Corinthians chapter six, ten and the nine and ten. He says, mm-hmm. "You know, do not do not know that the unrighteous—that means those clinging to and holding on to sin—will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Don't be deceived, he says, neither fornicators, those that means those having sex outside of the marriage relationship, nor idolaters, those who put other things before God, nor adulterers, those have, who are married having sex outside of the marriage relationship, and nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, those stealing stuff, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. So he's basically saying if we hold on to this sin stuff that's wrong, yeah. we cannot have eternal life be part of the kingdom of God. Hmm. Now, what is the good news then? Well, first of all, it's the good news or the gospel of God. You see, because it comes from God because of his great love for us. Jason, read for us the most famous text in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. I think many people know this by heart, but it has a great truth there. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the good news is that there is a loving God who really cares about us. And God's love, the loving God, found a way to bring us eternal life. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to the second thing that the gospel is called, not just the gospel of God and how he loves us, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ it's called. In fact, Jason, read us for us again if you could, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Right, now you'll remember in our last couple of presentations on the Star Wars battle, Tabitha, that we saw very clearly that this Jesus Mm -hmm. was God from eternity and he became a human being. In fact, the Bible uses a term, Emmanuel, God with us. us. So God, our creator, became a creature we saw. Mm. But he did much more than just become one of us. In fact, the Bible says, uh, very interestingly, what he did when he came. In fact, it says these words in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. Mm-hmm. In this is love. Not that we love God, because if you think about it, most of us didn't start loving God when we got here. You know? In fact, we ran from God, we saw. We hate God. We don't want to believe in there is a God mm. as, a, as a human race, many mm. of us. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his only son to be the propitiation for our sins. What does that word mean? That's Mary? a fancy word, Jason. <laughs> propitiation. Uh, let's get into that word. Let me, let, let's go to a place called Petra mm-hmm. to explain that. If you visit Petra, it's in Jordan today. It's a city that was carved out of rock. It was rediscovered back in around 1812 um, by a Swiss explorer called Burkhardt. And when you go to Petra, which is just below, between the the Dead Sea and the Gulf of Aqaba in Jordan today, when you go there, you walk along a narrow wadi, a dry riverbed, and as you walk down this riverbed, suddenly the cliffs start to get higher and higher the further you go down this dry uh, wadi. And, and they tower about 100 metres on either side, and finally you come to the end of this narrow seek or cleft between these great cliffs, and there's a building that emerges in front of you, Tabitha, carved out of rock. It's oh. called El Kazna, the treasury. Mm. Uh, and then when you break into the valley, you see tombs and temples and houses carved out of the rock. So is that like in a cave or...? Yeah, well, many, many, many caves there, yeah. but it's like it's like in a narrow cleft between two rocks, and when it, when you finally get out of the, there is a big valley, 
Oh, All right, and the good. and the buildings are carved out of the rock. You okay. better come with me one day on one oh, of my I'd tours. Love to. <laughs> we'll even take Jason if you oh. want to come, Jason. <laughs> That's a fascinating place, in actual fact, uh, uh, to visit that. But you also see these massive temples. I mean, they're huge. You can hardly get in the front door. It's so high up, and they're just just colossal. But there's one place I love to take people, and that is a series of steps. You go from the the, the floor of the valley, and you climb up. You've got to be fit to get to the top. Uh, heaps of steps. You finally get up to the top, and there, the the top of part of the top of the mountain has sort of been taken away. And there are these basins where they washed victims, and then there's an altar for sacrifices. Now, some believe humans were sacrificed up here. Mm. Um, as the sun rose uh, in, in worship of the sun god. This was done by actually the a group of Arabs called the Nabataeans. Was that to sacrifice to the um To the sun god. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they practiced that. And you can see the places where they, they believe the heart was put and as it's pulsating and the blood's coming out. You know, all of this in their worship of their pagan gods to calm them down. Now, they were not the only ones who practiced human sacrifice. The Mayans practiced it. I took a group there just a few years back to the uh, to Mexico, the Yucatan area of Mexico, and you can see where the Mayans practiced um, uh, human sacrifice as well, as did the people who built a, a, a huge series of of um, like pyramids just mm-hmm. outside of Mexico City at a place called Teotihuacan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can hardly say the word, and I probably oh. messed it up big time. <laughs> but this place, at the base of some of these pyramids, they found the remains of little children and believe that the humans were sacrificed in, in the practice and the worship of their gods. And then, of course, the in- the Aztecs did, of course, the Aztec Indians of Mexico. In yeah. fact, they say that in the reconstruction of the Great uh, Pyramid of Tenochtitlan back in 1487, that some 84,400 people were sacrificed in four days. Now, scholars have looked at that and said, we doubt that there was that many, but they certainly practiced human sacrifice, as did the Incas uh, of Peru as well. Now... That's pagan propitiation. What is it? Because that's the word you asked mm. for, Jason. What it is is this. It's a sacrifice, uh, and the most costly sacrifice you could offer was a human one, to appease an angry god in, for the pagans, all right? Or it was to remove sin. It was to reconcile or bring two parties together. Now, the Bible picks up a word mm. that was used in the ancient word world, but it gives it a different twist, it's not man that brings the sacrifice, it's God that gives the sacrifice, it says mm-hmm. in the Bible. For God so loved that he gave. Mm-hmm. In fact, God was the sacrifice. Wow. <laughs> he yeah. was. Yeah. God became a human and died. And not only that, it was God who reconciled it. So God picks up a word, but he gives it a bigger twist to show that it's he's the one that initiates. He's the one that's doing the sacrifice himself. And that's the word. So therefore, when we go to the book of Revelation... I wonder, uh, perhaps, Jason, you could read Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. We see some interesting language that's used in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. Thanks, Jason. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Wow, you see that word slain in actual Mm. fact there. It was strange to the human ear. But what it's telling us is, that word redeemed, that's a marketplace term in the Bible, and it means somebody values something. 
And Tabitha, you, Jason, myself, and all of our listeners are valued infinitely by God. He paid an enormous price for us. Even his own death was the was the price. We're loved, we're wanted, we're valued, every human being on planet Earth. You know, our husband, our wife, our kids, our parents may think we're junk, mm-hmm. sadly, but God doesn't think that way. He values us. He sees we are so important. It's, the Bible puts it this way, in his love and in his pity he redeemed them. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 9. So we'll purchase at an enormous cost. God values us more than himself, in fact. Mm. Well, look, we probably better take a, another break here. And when we come back, I want to look at uh, an interesting, uh, what happened at the cross? Why did Jesus die? What's the reason for that? We're going to pick that up when we, when we come back after a song. And before we do, I'll just remind our listeners, today's free offer. We're going to be giving away 10 tickets over the coming couple of weeks, 10 free tickets to Prophetica. And Gary, just one sentence about what Prophetica is. Prophetica is a high-octane series of presentations, uh, 20 minutes to 25 minutes each, showing people, listen, we can trust the Bible as a source for knowing the future so we can have hope. And we're looking back in time yep. so that we can see what's going to be we'll coming We'll be visiting up. some ancient civilizations on the, on the screen. Yeah. We have artifacts too, by the way. Yeah, awesome. So you can come and have, actually hold those and have yeah. a look at the replicas of those artifacts. Mm. So the number to get in touch with us is 0488-880-891. Write that down now. And uh, a little bit later, we'll give you the code word to get those free tickets. And uh, now, song. And for our next song, uh, it's called Like the Woman at the World, and that is by Malvinas. Um,
children if the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM. Um, and today we have Gary Webster in the studio with this series, um, Lifetime Search. And today we're talking about the journey to eternity. Um, so before we go back, we continue with today's program. I just want to remind our listeners of our number to text, to text in, um, 0488880891 with any questions, comments, and, um, today's uh, the code for today's offer which we'll give later on in the program so Gary where are we going from here right uh, Tabitha we were talking about we finished just before the song by the way that's a lovely song isn't it it fits right in with that story of how to have eternal life that woman there that's right that's right now why did Jesus die on the cross that's the question that we we ended with Let's notice there are two things that are that are fundamental truths in the Bible. One is that sin leads to eternal death. And secondly, righteousness or doing what is right or being good leads to eternity. And that's what the Bible teaches. Romans chapter 5 verse 21. Maybe, uh, Tabitha, you could read this text for us. Romans 5 and verse 21. Okay, Romans 5 verse 21. It says, As sin reigned in death... Even so might grace reign through righteousness to eternal life. So there it is, righteousness to life, 
and sin, sin to death. To death, exactly, exactly. Now, the cross of Calvary is really like a great exchange place. That's what happened at the cross. You see, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 5, verse 21, maybe you could read that text for us as well. Notice what, what takes place here. Yeah, it says, um, For he made him who yeah. knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So God made Jesus who never sinned to be sin for us. Yeah. And so that if we're in him, we become we we become the righteousness of God. His righteousness is credited, counted mm. to us. That's what he's saying. Mm. And therefore, if he takes our sin now, yeah. right, mm. what should happen to him? What's the wages of sin? It's death. Right. So yeah. that's why Jesus died, because he took your sin, my sin, the sin of all of our listeners, and therefore the wages of sin is death. He became yeah. sin by taking our sin. Now, of course, if we accept him, what is he? He is righteous. So if now we accept him and we have his righteousness credited to us, what should we get? We get eternal life. Exactly, because mm-hmm. righteousness leads to life. So there was this exchange. He took our sin. He died our death. We accept him. We accounted or treated as if we were totally righteous, even though we're not in ourselves, but we're credited with his righteousness. So we can see God's done his part. He's done what he needs to do. He's made a way for you, Tabitha, to be righteous in him, therefore have eternal life. Mm. That's, so what's that's, our part? That's, re- that's really the the message of the gospel, isn't it? That is the gospel message, mm. yes. Mm. We are counted as if we never sinned, even though we have sinned. We are credited with his righteousness, and therefore we have life. Now, the next thing is, what's our part in this thing? We see what God's done. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the final thing about the gospel. It's called the gospel of God's grace, which means it's free. You uh, can hear the writings of the Apostle Paul, Jason, in when he writes to his friends in the city of Ephesus, a great place to visit. But he wrote a letter to them. And in the letter, notice what he said in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Aha, this is a gift. Now, Tabitha, mm-hmm. how much does a gift cost? It's free because you get it. You, you get Someone it. is giving it to you. So it will cost me, who the person, uh, the giver, it will cost me something, but the receiver does not. Uh, exactly, and it, it costs God the death of his son himself. So your gift is free. Uh, In fact, the Bible puts it this way in Galatians 2 verse 16, just to drive the point home. Perhaps you can read it for us, Tabitha. A beautiful statement on this. A man is not justified, um, that is righteous before God. So a man is not justified by the works of the law. And for law, um, to talk about law, that is obedience to God's laws. For by works of the law, No flesh shall be justified. In other words, it's not by what we do, but by what he's done at the cross. We are counted righteous. That means that's a fancy word, justified. Just as if I had not sinned. That's how we're treated by God. Now, you see, it's not by our human doing, our human doing. Mm -hmm. Tabitha, have you ever tried to lift yourself up by your shoestrings? Oh, that would be hard. <laughs> that would be impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's that's right. You can't do it. It's 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 beyond us. But yeah. God has found a way. So how do you receive it? Well, the first thing you you need to, we need to do is to believe or put our trust. 
Uh, Jason, could you read for us that second part second of that part John 3.16? Yeah. Notice what it says. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay. We have to believe. You know, let me illustrate this with flying. When you fly, you trust the pilot, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. sit there and worry. Mm. I wonder if the pilot can fly this thing. It's a risk you're taking. I, but I know some people who do get anxious <laughs> on planes, but I don't. <laughs> no, 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 most people don't. Yeah, um, well, yeah well, we, we do get anxious when there's bumps, but we mm. trust the pilot. Mm. If I jumped in the cockpit, you'd probably jump off the plane because <laughs> you know I can't fly the thing. But, but we put our trust in them. All right, well, we need to believe what God says. That's what belief is, taking God as his, at his word. He said it, it's it. There's a second thing, and that is repentance. We must repent of sin. In other words, we must turn from it. I wonder, um, Tabitha, if you could read Mark 1, 14 and 15. These are the words of Jesus. Okay, it reads, um, Jesus came to Galilee, Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Okay, so there, there is the word repent. It means do a U-turn in our mind, change the way you've been going, turn in a new direction. You know, too many people are like the old monkey. There was this monkey that used to steal peanuts of a hunter. Uh, and he got sick of this monkey taking his peanuts. So he, he got a nice jar yeah. and, and very narrow neck and it bulged at the bottom. And he got some glue and he stuck the, stuck the jar to the, to, the, to the table in his tent. Mm-hmm. And he poured a few peanuts in the bottom. And then he went to sleep in the back of the tent. And in the night he heard the scritchy, scratchy noise of the, pe- of the, of the monkey. Mm-hmm. He comes out and peers through the front of the tent. And there's the monkey with his, a fistful of, of peanuts in his hand. And, he, and he's trying to get his hand out of the narrow jar but he can't because mm-hmm. he's holding on to the peanuts mm-hmm. and so the peanuts we've got to give up the peanuts of this world we've got to let go and, and grab hold of what God is offering us to, to, to be said by the way that poor monkey became monkey stew well you know what I mean <laughs> we've got to let go we've got to turn away from that which we know is wrong so Jesus says there's two things we need to do yeah. we need to repent Mm. Turn away from the the known course of wrong that we know we're on and put our trust in him. When we come back, I'll illustrate this with a a very simple thing that Jesus talked about. So we'll have another song. Okay. Um, So before we go to our next song, I just want to remind our listeners that you can text in at any time to 0488-880-891 with um, your comments, your questions, and we'll give you the offer, the code for today's offer uh, after the next song. And that's um, 10 free tickets to Prophetica. Yeah, that's going to be great. I want to see all those 10 people at the program. I'm looking forward to meeting them, Jason. Yeah. Okay, so for our next song, uh, it's called He Was There All The Time by Vocal Union. He was there all the time. Waiting 
was he was there all the time by vocal union now we promised a code for the 10 free tickets for prophetica and we're going to give you that code right now that code is prophetica 21 prophetica that's p-r-o-p-h-e-t-i-c-a and the numbers 21 no spaces text that into 0488-880-891 and uh, we'll be giving away to the first people who text in the first 10 we will give away free tickets to prophetica 21 and we'll be in touch with you about which events you want to attend and all of that sort of thing so text in 0488-880-891 prophetica 21 no spaces now, where are we picking up, Gary? Yes, well, we ended before that song the fact that we, we have to do two things. There are two things for us as human beings to do. We need to turn from sin and put our trust in what God has said about Jesus Christ. Let me illustrate it this way. Imagine, uh, Tabitha, you're, you're out in the middle of the ocean. You just, you know, you, you, your boat sunk and you're out there holding on to a bit of driftwood yeah. uh, way out in the Pacific. And... Uh, a boat comes by mm-hmm. to rescue you, and they throw you a life buoy yeah. with a rope tied to it. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to do two things. You have to let go the driftwood. If you hold that's on to right. that and don't grab hold of the rope, you're going to keep going. That's right? true. I won't get so saved, yeah. The letting go is like repentance. Turn away from that which really is not going to help you, and the grabbing hold of the the rope that's sent to you or the life boy that's what we call faith we grasp hold of what has been thrown to us and that's in, in, in a nutshell now christ is the key jesus is the key to eternity mm-hmm. i wonder tabitha if you could read first john 5 verse 13 and notice the confidence with which he says these words these things i have written that you may know that you have eternal life now notice he, he doesn't say so that you may hope 
<laughs> or that you might wish. It's he says to. exactly. It's, it's short yeah. that you might know. We can know that we have eternal life. And Jason, Jason, I wonder if you can uh, share with us what it says in First John chapter five, verse twelve, of how we ha- how we know. It says, "He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life." So it's. We get it when we put our trust in Jesus, if we have Christ. So how do you get Christ? And Tabitha, why don't you read for us Revelation 3.20, one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible, which tells us how do we get Christ, who has life. Hmm. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Ah, there it is. It's as if Jesus is standing out the door of our life. Oh, yeah. And we and he's knocking. He's not going to barge his way in. He's too, he's, he gives us our free Consent. choice. Yeah. And so when he knocks, if we say, Lord, come in. Jesus, take control, in other words. Take my life. I need you. He brings with him his life eternal when we do that. And so we begin the life eternal. You know, it's a little bit like we're standing on the edge of a cliff. Mm. And just across, uh, you know, a few meters over is another huge cliff. Yeah. And this cliff that we're standing on at this point in our life is called eternal death. Mm. If we stay here, we will die eternally. On the other cliff is eternal life. There's about 10,000 3,000 metres down Mm. but there's only 3 metres between the two cliffs when you've got to cross over a distance of about a metre Mm -hmm. but it's 3,000 metres down that seems to widen in your mind so how do we get from one cliff to the other if we would draw a cross (laughs) and the cross is like a bridge between the two cliffs we accept what Jesus did on the cross, and we begin the life eternal. It's mighty good news. The good news uh, today, Tabitha and Jason, is that God loves every one of us. The good news is that it's a plan for our life. There's a reason for living. There's a hope for the future. Hmm. And those of us who put our trust in him and say, Lord, as that old song says, Jason, nothing in my hands I bring, hmm. simply to the cross I cling. In other words, I, I, I believe that he died in my place. I claim that. I accept that. The moment we do that, we begin the life eternal. You know, there are no doubt many of us who are listening today who want to turn from our old life and accept Jesus as Savior and Master of our life. Why why don't we do that today if we've never done that? There are others listening today, of course, who have done that already. They've given their life to Jesus Christ, but they want to say, I want to know you better. Because to know Jesus is the best thing in life, isn't it, Jason? Amen. It's a tremendous thing. So I would encourage all of our listeners today to say, God, I need Christ in my life. Nothing in my hand I bring. I just claim Jesus that what he did on the cross, he did it for me. And now I have eternal life because that's what Jesus said. He who has the Son has life. Yeah. Now, one more plug for Prophetica before yes, we go. Yes, do that, Jason. One more plug. And uh, remember our code word today, Prophetica21. Send that in to 0488880891 and you can receive a free ticket to one of the events that we're having, which uh, start in Scottsdale on the 31st of July. 
and then also Launceston, Alveston on the 1st of August, and then down in Bellarive and uh, on the 7th of August, and uh, finally in Hobart on the 8th of August. i got a question, Jason. Yeah. How do you spell Prophetica? Prophetica. I did spell it out before, but I'll say it again. P-R-O-P-H-E-T-I-C-A. So Prophet with a P-H in the middle, I-C-A on the end. Prophetica okay. and the number 21. No spaces. Text that into zero four double eight. Double eight zero eight nine one. Okay, and um, Gary, what do you have for us next week? Ah, uh, next week, sin, sex, and the Phoenicians. I'm going to be taking our listeners to the great cities of the Phoenicians. So one in particular in North Africa. Yeah. We're going to be also visiting a fascinating, terrible desert place called Sinai. We'll be visiting that mm. in our program next week. So we're going to be looking important values in life. Well, that sounds interesting for sure, and I hope our listeners won't miss out on that. And tomorrow, we've got Raiko Celic joining us, continuing his uh, series, 3MJ, and he's uh, focusing on the the, missi- the mission, message, and movements of Jesus, and, uh, and particularly in Jesus' final week of ministry. And his title for tomorrow is Woes to the Religious Leaders, Part one. So we hope you can join us, and I think Tabitha will be uh, joining us tomorrow as well in the studio with Raiko. I'll be here for sure. Yeah, and we we really do hope that uh, wherever you are today, and uh, if you've been listening to the program, that you've really received something from that that you can take away with you and think about, contemplate. Don't forget the Prophetica program that's coming up, and uh, we do hope you can join us again tomorrow and next week with Gary Webster. Uh, We thank you for joining us and listening to our program and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And for this next song, um, it's called We've Got This Hope um, and this is by Ellie Holcomb. We've got this hope We've got a future, we've got the power of the resurrection living within. We've got this hope, we've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of His hand. And even when our hearts are breaking,